And welcome back to Stoner. Oh my God, I am losing my voice. I have been talking so much this week. I have been on all kinds of podcasts, uh, many of which will be coming out in the next couple weeks. I uh, was on a panel at a live event. Um, I'm doing all this stuff because I'm trying to get out word about this show. This show is Stoner. Uh, it's a show where I talk to creative people uh, about their experiences with marijuana. Uh, sometimes on the show, probably not most of the time, but maybe the last couple of weeks, um, I've talked to people who actually work within uh, marijuana. Uh, we had Krishna Andavalu last week, who uh, is the host of Weedakit on Viceland. This week I have Amanda Chicago Lewis, who I was very excited to talk to. She's been covering marijuana out of Los Angeles for many years. She has a new column coming out um, at Rolling Stone, and she's all over the place writing for all kinds of people about what is happening in L.A., which is the biggest weed market in the world. Um, so I had talked to her to get some background for this project, and she was such a fascinating person, and I found her life so interesting that I wanted to uh, ask her if she'd talk a little bit about it on the show. So I gave her a call, and we had a little chat. Uh, maybe she'll be back on at some other point to answer questions, because I do think she is one of the more knowledgeable people out there. Uh, here she is, Amanda Chicago-Lewis. Welcome, Amanda Chicago-Lewis. Hello. Hi, friend. We, we, I told you about this project um, when I was working on it um, you know, several months back, before November. And I felt like we were headed in a specific direction, and a lot of things changed uh, with the elections in November, both nationally uh, with uh, the election of Trump. And you are a um, reporter based in Los Angeles who covers the marijuana industry. So what happened in California marijuana in November? Um, we legalized recreational use, uh, and it sort of threw a big, uh, I don't know, I guess it wasn't really, it wasn't a surprise. Everybody sort of knew that this was going right. to happen, um, but it sort of forced the state to really start trying to figure out um, how to officially reconcile uh, recreational use with the existing chaos and with the sort of impending uh, medical regulations that were supposed to go into effect at the same time as the recreational regulations. Where did the push for legalization come from when it was already a de facto legalized industry? I, the thing that people really don't understand about California is like, oh yeah, it's legal there, right? It, it's that it's this like r really entrenched and really well-funded, uh, elaborate industry that is operating on pretty much no rules whatsoever. <laughs> it's right. like, it's like a couple of cities that have, you know, chosen you know, to give business licenses to a couple dispensaries, but that doesn't stop lots of other dispensaries from opening that aren't licensed. Uh, and the industry is just so powerful. It's really hard to, for governments or city attorneys or anything like that to like rein things in. It's really complicated because it bleeds very much into the black market. You know, it's sort of this like gray market, if you will. I, what is your relationship like to the industry? So like if when you go to like a trade show, when you're talking to the people who's the where the bunch of money is flowing out to, what, what kind of relationship do you have with them? My 
bullshit meter is always on. (laughs) There's a lot of people who are, you know, just straight up charlatans. But there's also a lot of really wonderful, hilarious people in the cannabis industry. There's a lot of cool, interesting, intelligent people of all stripes and backgrounds who are, you know, trying to get in on this. Is it weird, like, doing your job while high? Not usually. I mean, like, sometimes somebody... So actually, a couple weeks ago, uh, like, sort of early in the night, I saw somebody that I know... And she uh, sat down with me and like was like, cool, brings out this like fat joint. And I'm like, awesome. This girl always has great weed. And I started smoking with her. And like pretty soon I'm like, whoa. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if it was that I just didn't eat dinner yet or I'm like had a long day. I was crazy high. And then this political source sits with me and just starts going into like really serious detail about some stuff that's going on in L.A., and at a certain point, I was like, oh, Jesus, I like, <laughs> I do not, I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I'm going to remember 5% of this information and it sucks because it's valuable. And like, I said that to him and I was just like, oh, can I like, can we like talk about this? And like, so sometimes that happens, but like most of the time it does not. I mean, like most of the time I'm totally fine. How has it changed your, enjoy? I mean, do you enjoy smoking weed as much now as you did when you were a civilian? I do. It has not ruined it. <laughs> has it changed it? Like, are you more analytical about the experience or, um, eh, I'm, I'm just so much more savvy, you know, mm. it's sort of like, you know, when you're 16 or 17 or something and you like, somehow you get a fake ID and you like get into a bar and they're like, what do you want to drink? And like, you're like a long Island iced tea. You know, you just yeah. sort of like, you go for the strongest thing or you say something really weird and you like, don't really understand the difference between tequila and wine like you kind of do we don't really you don't really know how much for your body you should be drinking you certainly don't know the difference between like pinot noir and like merlot but now i'm like oh i'm like savvy i like know that i mean i'm not i'm the one thing i would really like to be able to do that other people can do is like look at cannabis and say like oh yeah that's blue dream (laughs) <laughs> I, I would like that skill too, but it's like, I can't even tell one kind of a, like, I, I clearly have no kind of a palate for that kind of thing. Like you could, I could, I could train for years and I don't think I'd be able to tell. Well, that's like Willie Nelson. Oh man. He got all the people who were running his brand got all concerned because like, and there was this like New York magazine article where he was like, I don't care. It's all pot to me. It just, if it gets me high, like, <laughs> well, I, think like that, no, I think that's kind of like a, a valid question, which is so for people out there who are not as savvy, like what are the things that actually matter now? For everybody that's like, oh, I like kind of like weed, but sometimes it makes me paranoid and so I don't really smoke it that much anymore. Or like, you know, people who um, got into a bad headspace a couple of times and just sort of like wrote weed off um, or are really cautious about it because of that. Uh, I mean, those people should really, really try uh, like a one-to-one ratio or a two-to-one ratio CBD to THC weed. That makes a big difference, whether it's an edible or a tincture or flower. Um, it's just not going to make your mind race as much. And it's like pretty relaxing. I mean, I have like a, th- a three or four to one that I'll use if I've got like bad period cramps and like I still have to work because it like won't really get me high and I'll just like relieve physical pain so right so cbd in case you don't know is not not psychoactive and it actually inhibits thc so 
like the more CBD there is in something, even if there's THC, it's like not going to hit you as hard. So if you have like 10 milligrams of THC on its own, that'll get you a certain amount high. But if you have 10 milligrams of THC with 10 milligrams of CBD, you're going to be less high because the CBD is like stopping the THC from getting you as high. What do you think, what do you think the next big development, like what's the big, what's the next, what's the, the next challenge? Uh, what's the next thing? I mean, first change? of all, I would say we have not seen the next, we have not seen a culmination of anything in California. It was more like we saw like another thing get added to the pile. I don't think that we'll really see what's happening in California until like 2019 or 2020 when like these things have been implemented and we can kind of assess how it's going for real because this stuff's supposed to go into effect January 1st. And it's pretty clear the state is not ready. So I'm going to be able to, like, <laughs> theoretically, uh, in uh, eight months, I'm going to be able to walk into a dispensary, not do anything, not show anything, and just buy weed in, in Los Angeles. That's the plan. Aaron, you can also already do that. Well, I can't, though, because I have a New York driver's license. Uh, you can, huh. because after... Prop 64, the Recreational Legalization Initiative, passed, many dispensaries began advertising themselves as, quote-unquote, Prop 64 compliant. Wow. Which is not a thing. Uh, and you can just walk in. Okay. You can just walk in. And that's illegal. But you know what? So are so many of the things that are already <laughs> happening. It's like, how do you stop okay. it? You so are we going to see it on, the, on January 1st? Is there going to be like a flood of new businesses? Or is it just going to be business as usual and the medical dispensaries are going to flip over to recreational dispensaries for the most part? It's not going to be a flood of new businesses. It's going to be a flood of paperwork <laughs> <laughs> that people in Sacramento and in the municipalities that have chosen to participate in this are then dealing with. And this is something that I didn't quite understand and really firm up, like talking to experts on until sort of recently. The entire market for pot in the country, if you include the black market, the gray market, the legal markets, it's like between 40 and $50 billion a year. The only other crop that's that much or more than that is corn. <laughs> this is like a humongous thing. So, you know, so just as an example, like I was in Humboldt maybe like two months ago, and that's a county in Northern California where there's, you know, at least 10,000 cannabis farmers and uh, they were the first uh, municipality to implement regulations and they got this application process going. And I sat down at one point I was having drinks and dinner with, you know, a girl who sort of consults on applications uh, and it helped push for the regulations and her boyfriend who helps people prepare applications and a girl who now works in the planning department where they're like handling the applications. And the four of us had sort of a like, you know, wide-ranging conversation about how this was going. And it was like the applications had come in months earlier and the planning department was so overwhelmed that like all that they were like just barely managing to do was let people know, yes, we have all your materials. No, there's more materials you need to send in to us. You know, this is like, <laughs> this is, it's like, it's, it's so big and there's so much money at stake and there's so much happening. And there's sort of like these like five people in a back room somewhere it's almost like kind of like when the like the Soviet Union broke up and they had to um privatize all this industry. Like there's not really much of a model for like not really changing the nature of the business, which is unchanged, but changing the entire legal uh, organizational structure of something. Yeah, it's like 
throw $40 billion up in the air and see who catches it. <laughs> okay. Before you go, I want you um, to play uh, a little uh, quiz show we do on the show. It's called Peak Experiences. I'm going to uh, ask you about some of your um, favorite, most recommended experiences. Um, the Watch first one I want to ask you about is your favorite way uh, to enjoy weed. You know, if you're not necessarily an every night thing, but what's your like the the best, most perfect uh, setting? Is it a joint, vape, edible? It's definitely a blunt. Blunts are like a special occasion thing yeah. for me because they're delicious. They're flavored wonderful. Or and I lack the man. Uh, I could handle a flavor, but not a gross no flavor. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> grape works on a certain, you know, no, no like strawberry, okay. you know, and maybe like no vanilla. Got it. <laughs> Uh, maybe better with no flavor, but I can handle flavor depending on the situation. And probably, you know, uh, you know, I found somebody that could roll a blunt, or I'm with a friend that can yeah. roll a blunt. Probably we're like outside at a concert, just having a wonderful. I time. think there's a role for um, pro blunt. Ro We've heard a lot of enthusiasm in the show for blunts, um, and not a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> for blunt rolling. So uh, that's yeah. a, that's a noted uh, a noted opportunity out there. Well, so I actually, uh, when I did the column for LA Weekly a couple of years ago, like was like, why can't you buy pre-rolled blunts at dispensaries? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's because they go bad and stale really yeah, quickly. It's also like, I feel like a, a, a really like, when you really uh, analyze a blunt, there's like a lot of someone spit in it usually when it's like done well. So, okay. That's yeah, well when you're with, you know, good friends. Second question. Um, best place you've ever visited? Like stone or just life. in my life? Just like the most memorable transported experience of your life. I was in Turkey several years back and there are these caves in this like central region called like Cappadocia. And it's like, it looks just sort of like these weird caves from the outside. You go in the caves and there are these frescoes from like medieval times. And there's something just like really weird and beautiful about the whole thing. You go on this like tour and suddenly you're in this totally different world. I mean, there was some sort of, I feel like there was like hundreds of years where they had to like live underground and, or not like live underground, but spend a lot of time underground. Are you just and, describing the plot um, of Dune right now? <laughs> I actually have no idea what the plot of Dune is, so I have no comment on that. But this is a real place. It's really cool. The other thing I was going to say is Okinawa in Japan is like the rainforest in the like Southern islands is amazing. I'd like you to recommend. <laughs> I like to travel. <laughs> a stoned viewing experience. Could be TV, a stoned movie, anime. What's Man, one you just can't just forget? Just broad city. So you like you like to go. You keep it literal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just that that show is so funny, and it's also it's just a great pleasure to get high and watch Broad City. Number one go to snack. When stoned. Uh, I mean, to me, this question is like is like. It's it's open to interpretation, but I think your like go to snack is your go to snack. I don't think I don't think you can really have multiple states of go to snack. I want to tell you about the poopy pear, Whoa. which is the, which is a name that was come up with. The name that name came out of um, actually one of the girls I'm probably meeting up with later, who is a you know a weed industry yeah. person. When I described this to her as like my favorite stone snack last summer, she was like, "Sounds like a poopy pear." Um, which is basically like it's a, it's a choc it's a chocolate pear. I mean, it's like a pear, and then you cut it up, and there's like, and then I put chocolate chips on top of it, and then you just like eat. You know, it's like dark chocolate chips with like pieces of pear, and it's delicious. Wow, that went that went to a place that I did not see coming at all. You are going to stay on a desert island 
for the rest of your life, Weed Grows on this Island, you can bring uh, one record with you. What is it? Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Last question. Uh, what are you up to next? What's, uh, wh- what can we expect from you? Okay. I'm about to start doing a regular pot column for Rolling Stone. Very nice. What, what are you going to be talking about in, this, in the pot column? Um, anything and everything. Every, you know. each one, each, one each issue? Or um, online? it's going to oh, be right. online. Oh, right. Um, Magazines are but, on the internet. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do they still have a uh, Um, whatever comes up, you're going to uh, be covering for in this column. Yeah. Like I, it's actually, it's going to be, I think it'll be nice because I feel like there's lots of stuff that I just like go to or think about that. It's like not quite worth the like 6,000 words that I normally write about yeah, you're something. Like, I could not give uh, more than 1,000 words to this, like, 19 420 convention. Right. Or there's, like, questions that, like, I get asked over and over and over again, and I'm like, hmm, it'd be cool if I could just write 800 words about that and put it online, and then, like, <laughs> I'm sure now if, like, people ask questions in the future, if I, like, text them the link to the thing that I wrote, they'll be like, oh, what a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, like, that won't save my life at all. But I know there are a lot of people who have certain questions. What, like, so. yeah, what, tell, like, what's your, what's the number one most asked question? What is the most over-asked question in, in the game? I mean, I think here's the thing. You need to, like, have a certain amount of knowledge to ask a really specific question. And so I think it's really more just, like, help me. <laughs> well... <laughs> And it's like a description of, well, I have these conditions uh, or medical conditions or like restrictions on where I can get high and how and whatever. And I want to get high, but I had this bad experience in the past or I can't have my roommate smell it or something like that. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what. We're, we're gonna, we have a mailbag on this show. You can call into the mailbag <laughs> by calling 347 464 1625. Will you come back on the show at some point and help me answer some of the questions that our callers have? Duh, of okay. course. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda Chicago Lewis. Aaron where, can people, where can people find wonderful. you on the internet? What's where, what are you on Twitter? Mm, Ms. Amanda Lewis. And check check Rolling Stone <laughs> for your column. Yeah, and I've got stuff coming up. Blah 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 blah. Okay, follow her on Twitter. Get all her articles. She's going to come back on, and we're going to answer all kinds of your questions. And that was Stoner. We've got a new episode for you every Tuesday. Send us an email, hi, hi, at stoner.co. Send us voicemail, 347-464-1625. Call in, ask a question. We're going to have later shows where we do a mailbag. Again, 347-464-1625. See you next week. Oh, oh, this show was edited by Ann Garrett. All our visual branding is by Mickey Duche. Thank you very much to Amanda Chicago Lewis. Okay, okay. We'll be back next week.